Well, hello, word nerds. Welcome to the dictionary. My name is Spencer, and today is December 6th, 7.15 a.m., and I am just the most excited to be telling you about all the words in today's episode. We got a number of them, and I'm going to read them to you. What number? Let's count. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. I hope I don't forget any. Here we go with the first word. We've got enterinal, E-N-T-O-R-H-I-N-A-L. Now, based on the little bit of knowledge that I know in my brain, I'm going to think that it's something inside of the nose, um, because rhine tends to be related to noses, rhinoceros, rhinoplasty, uh, and then ento is inside. So this word, I think, is all about the snot in my nose. I don't, I don't think so. But what is it? It is an adjective from 1968 of relating to or being the part of the cerebral cortex in the medial temporal lobe that serves as the main cortical input to the hippocampus. We got rhinos and hippo- hippos. I'm the mother flipping rhinoceros. My beats are fat and the birds are on my back and I'm home. Um, so something about the brain, enterrhinal. Well, why is it called enterrhinal? Um, it is uh, from the rhinal sulcus, S-U-L-C-U-S, which is the furrow within which the enterrhinal cortex is located. So this thing, this enterrhinal cortex, is located in the rhinal sulcus in the brain somewhere, and so then it's related. Enterrhinal is part of the cerebral cortex in the medial temporal lobe that serves as the main cortical cortical input to the hip. But what does it do? I want to know what does it do. But it's the enterrhinal is not a thing. It's an adjective, so it's describing... Uh, something in that area of the brain, somewhere in this part here. I don't know where. Uh, maybe I'll post a picture on the social media at Dictionary Pod of uh, this enterrhinal region. And then there's the enterrhinal cortex, which is not in this book. I don't know why we don't have this brain part in here, but it's something. Maybe I'll put a link in the show notes for what does the enterrhinal cortex do if we know. There's a whole lot of parts in the brain. A lot of parts. Okay, the sound effect today is going to be, uh, let's see, it's going to be... The next word is entourage. Noun from circa 1834. Uh, Number one. One's attendants or associates. Do I have to tip this up a hair? Maybe just a little bit. This is the camera. Go watch this on YouTube. You can see everything that's happening. Uh, so one's attendants or associates. If you are, uh, if you are attending to somebody's needs, you are part of their entourage. And number two, the synonym is surroundings. Now, I don't think I've ever heard of entourage described as surroundings. This room, this little office here, uh, this is my entourage. Hello, entourage, my my tea mug, my lotion, my computers, my monitors, all this stuff, my knife, 
it's my entourage. I'm gonna give them characters and voices, and then they'll they will then be my attendants or associates. They help me to do things with my life. Uh, so now I have never seen the show Entourage. I've heard mixed things about it over the years. Um, so your your people, your people, your attendants, your associates are also your surroundings. They make up your surroundings. And this etymology is from French, Middle French, entourer, which means to surround. So if something is surround, it's surrounding. It's that's what it's all about. Uh, that is from entour, which means around, which is from n, which means in, plus tour, which means circuit. So if you're going around. Um. Uh. Oh. So yeah, it's like in the circuit, surrounding. You're you're inside of the circuit, so you are surrounded by the circuit. I think of like a race car track, um, and then tour. So that's why probably we get words like tournament. Um, a tour. There's another word. I think that's that's got tour in there somewhere. Uh, and there's more at the word turn because you're turning to go around a circuit. You have to turn. And, uh, and it's your tour, your touring, your surrounding. Fascinating. Um, so that's entourage. On tour, Raj. In tour, Uh, and so now, uh, when I have an entourage, I would like them to just run circles around me constantly, like they're doing a circuit. That's, that's what an entourage really should be doing. Do I need to watch entourage? Let me know. Feel free to DM me or, or, or email me, dictionarypod at gmail.com, if you think that I should watch the show Entourage. And if I do, it's going to be a long, long time for now. Next is Entract. Uh, so this is spelled E-N-T-R apostrophe A-C-T-E. You can say Entract, Entract. On tract, you can emphasize either syllable. Uh, now, this is a word that I think most people are not probably familiar with. I learned about this when I was in high school. I was doing some shows. I was usually in the orchestra for some shows. Um, and so let's read about it and then we can talk about it. It is a noun from circa 1842. One, a dance, piece of music, or interlude performed between two acts of a play. So you got the first act, and then you got the second act. Maybe for you it would make more sense to do this is the first side, that's on the left, and then that one. And so before the second act of the play, you get a little, you get a little a ditty, a little ditty, a little musical number. Maybe there's a dance that goes along with the music, and that is the entract, or entract. Number two, the interval between two acts of a play. So you could also call that maybe just the intermission. There doesn't have to be some entertainment to get you ready for the second act. It's just the break in between them. We need a little break. We need to stretch our legs. We need to go to the bathroom. We need to get a snack, something. That's why the entract is so important. But hopefully, usually, you probably get... A, uh, you get a dance number or a piece of music. 
so yeah, that's what I learned uh, when we were doing, we did some plays, and then I knew of the overture. The overture is at the beginning of the show, and then there's an entract. It's like the overture, but it's getting you ready. It's getting you into the second act of the play. Now, if there's if there's a three-act play, what do they do? What's what's that called? Is it another entract? Well, maybe the etymology is going to help us determine that. Um, it's very simple. Uh, it's from French, entre, E-N-T-R-E, prefix, which means inter. And then the word act, which means act. Um, and so, yeah, it's the intertime, in, in between the two acts. It's the entract. That's, that's all it is. Yeah. I'm trying to think of any specific examples of what shows we did. We did, uh, I think when I was, did we do 110 in the Shade? Maybe when I was a freshman or a sophomore. Um, what else did we do? We did, uh, when I was a senior, we did The Wiz. The Wiz whizzing all over the place. Um, I'm trying to think of, we, we, we had some original shows too, which I think also had on tracks and that's all that my brain can remember. Okay, next. We have entrails. We're taking, we're taking a turn here. Um, you can also pronounce it entrails. Entrails, yeah. I think I like to say entrails because I talk about entrails all the time. Entrails. Let's have a little bit of tea to help with the throat. Oh, my God, it's so hot. It's so hot. Okay, entrails are a noun, a plural noun, um, from the 14th century. Number one, the synonyms are bowels and viscera. The viscera, it's like the insides. It's your guts, your bowels. Uh, broadly, we've got internal parts. So just all the stuff on the inside of your body, everything on the inside can be called your entrails. Usually, we think of them as being the uh, the inside parts in the gut region, you know, your belly area, your, your intestines, your stomachs, your kidneys, your colons, all those things. Um, but technically, I guess maybe you can call your brain, your bones, all those things. Maybe you can call those entrails too, but not that's not really how we talk about it. Um, let's see, number two, the inner workings of something... As in, who? The entrails of the movie industry. Now, I very much appreciate the entrails of the movie industry because these are the inner workings. These are the things that maybe people don't usually think about. It's what's going on behind the scenes. The work that goes into making a movie, a film, um, and... Uh, but, but that... The way that we usually think of the word entrails makes it sound like it's maybe not a good thing. It's the guts. It's where the gross stuff is, the stuff that is leaving your body. And so if I were to hear somebody say the entrails of the movie industry, I would think that they're they're talking about the bad stuff. Now it could be it could be bad stuff. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of gossip worthy things going on in behind the scenes. But I think Basically, basically, what this is saying is that it's just the stuff that doesn't get shown, that doesn't get talked about, and uh, I hope it's not all bad. I don't think it's all bad, but I want, I want to be in it. I, for some reason, I've always been fascinated by the behind-the-scenes stuff, 
of how they did stuff, how they made stuff, you know, why did they do that? What was the process of the actor, the director, all those things? I'm just fascinated by that stuff. I want to talk to them. I want to do it. Okay. Um, do we have etymology for entrails? The entrails etymology is, um, let's see, it's from from Latin um, interanium, interanium, which means intestine. That's it's just entrails just mean that. Um, yeah, also from interanius, which means interior. And uh, that's that, you know, I skipped all like the Middle English, Middle French stuff. It just evolved from the Latin word interanium or interanius, which is about the insides of a thing. <sighs> yeah. Uh, and then eventually, I guess it just specifically became, you know, the bowels and the guts and the intestines. Okay, moving on from that. We have entrain, E-N-T-R-A-I-N, number one, the first form. Uh, this is a transitive verb from 1568, number one, to draw along with or after oneself. To draw along oneself or to draw along after oneself. So I guess if you are, uh, if you got a dog on a leash, no, let's say a skunk on a leash, and you, you're walking it down the street, and everybody's like, oh my god, he's got a skunk on a leash, I gotta go away. Uh, but if it's walking next to you or behind you, maybe you're in training your skunk. That's one definition. Another one is, number two, to draw in and transport by the flow of a fluid. And the things that you might be uh, transporting are solid particles or gas to draw in and transport solid particles or gas by the flow of a fluid. Uh, so, I, you know, a river is uh, flowing, flowing some stuff down the fluid, and uh, I guess it's in training those things. I don't know of a specific example with this. Number three, to incorporate into concrete, and the thing that you are probably incorporating into concrete would be air bubbles. Now, I don't work with concrete at all. Com uh, co contrary to common belief, I've probably only done it a little bit. Uh, but I guess, for some reason, you might want to get some air bubbles in there. Maybe it's going to help make it more solid or make, whatever you got to do. You got to do it. You got to get the air bubbles in the concrete. And that would be in training. And I have no idea why they call it in training. But they do. They do, they do, they do. Number four is to determine or modify the phase or period of. We do have an example here. Circadian rhythms entrained by a light cycle. So you're modifying or determining the phase or period of. So our circadian rhythm, this is where you get up in the morning and you go to bed at night and... At, that's going to happen at a certain time of day, depending on who you are. Now, this is not my probably natural circadian rhythm, but um, I have maybe trained. I've probably I've been trained myself, and now this one makes sense because you're training it, you're adjusting it, you're you're making it part of your uh, habit. I have been trained myself to get up at five in the morning for some ding dang reason, and then I go to bed at about nine. 
And so that has that is now my circadian rhythm. I think that's the proper way to use this. Um, but some people, their circadian rhythm is to get up at uh, 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock in the morning and go to bed at like 2, say, 2 in the morning. Um, you know, and we all, we're all different. We all got our own things. And it looks like you can adjust it. I have adjusted mine. My, my uh, natural tendency would probably be to get up at least at 6 o'clock, if not maybe 7 o'clock. That sounds pretty great. But no, because of work and life, I have decided to get up at five. Um, yeah, circadian rhythms entrained by a light cycle. So if you, um, you know, I think they do this maybe with animals or even humans in like unnatural circumstances for some reason. Um, you can adjust the light that they see and then they will naturally adjust to that because typically most people want to be awake during the light and asleep during the dark. And that's how we do things. But of course, not everybody. Now, the etymology says this is from Middle French entraîneur, which is from the en or on prefix plus trainer, which looks like the word trainer. They probably say trainer, which means to draw or drag. Uh, and there's more of the word train. So drawing, dragging your dragging your skunk behind you like a toy train to draw. I'm not exactly sure. I guess draw can kind of be like drag. But how that became training, like training your rhythms, your something, I'm, I don't know. You're dragging your circadian rhythms behind you? Yeah, why not? Entrainer is a noun, and entrainment is also a noun. Second form of entrain is also a transitive verb. This one's from 1881. The other one was in the 1500s. To put aboard a train. Now, I apologies. This is just a verb. We're starting with transitive. To put aboard a train. So if you have some luggage and you want it to go on that train, then you say, hello, train. I'm going to put some luggage on you. Here's the luggage. I'm going to put the luggage on the thing. The intransitive is to go aboard a train. And this is when you are doing the action yourself, or maybe you are a sentient piece of luggage, and you have legs and a brain and eyes, and you say, that's where I want to go. I want to go on that train. I'm going to hop myself on that train. Choo-choo, here we go. Boop, boop. And there's a picture of a train. So that's in train. The next word is entrance. First form, noun from the 15th century, number one, power or permission to enter. Uh, and the synonym is admission. Admission. So you have the power to enter. You have the permission to enter. You have entrance. Is that how we use this word, this noun? I have entrance. I will I will be doing the entrance. Hmm. Yeah, maybe admission is more common. Number two, the act of entering. Uh oh, oh, that actor, he just entered the stage. Uh he did he did an entrance. Oh, what a great entrance that he had when he popped out of that box acting like a monkey. That was a, the best entrance I've ever seen. Number three, the means 
or place of entry. Where do you enter into a building? You enter at the entrance. Windows are not very good entrances, but doors on the first floor tend to be the best entrances, I think. I have found that to be true. Number four. The point at which a voice or instrument part begins in ensemble music. That's where they enter. They come in at the entrance. Maybe they don't start at the beginning of the song. Maybe they come in halfway through the song. That sucks for them. They have to wait. They have to say, one, two, three, four, two, two, three. In their head, they got to count all the measures. Those 64 measures, they have to wait. But then, then they get their entrance and they go, and that's it. They're done. Number five. Now, this is similar um, ba, 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 ba. now, no, no, it's it's similar in my brain because of my example. But number five, the first appearance of an actor in a scene. So yeah, that's the time the time they come out on stage and they do their entrance, and they're like, "Hey, look at me! I'm so great! I'm acting up everything, and now I'm going to exit out the exit." Let's see. There is no etymology. Um, I, I'm trying to think of where would we have seen a similar etymology. I mean, I think that we know it's, you know, entre, enter, inter, something, something about that going into a thing, the en. Um, but I feel like there would be, is it so obvious that they don't put the etymology in here? There must be something. And there's not etymology for the second form. Anyway, let's read that one. The second form of entrance is a transitive verb from 1541. One, to put into a trance. Now, this one is pronounced differently, and I miss that because it is pronounced in trance. Ooh, are you being entranced? Am I putting you into a trance when I go and I do a little wiggly dance? Okay, to put into a trance is to entrance. Uh, hypnotists, I guess, would be the ones who are trancing people, entrancing them. Uh, number two, to carry away with delight, wonder, or rapture, as in we were entranced by the view. We were carried away, not literally, I don't think, in this context at least, uh, carried away with delight, wonder, or rapture. With The view was so amazing. There, there was a beautiful sky and clouds and a sunset and mountains and rivers and valleys and dinosaurs, and we were entranced by it. We had delight and wonder about this view, and it was rapturous. We were so happy to be looking at this view. Entrancement, that is a noun. Uh, and yeah, this one also doesn't have any etymology. I think we know with this one, it's about trance, trancing, being tranced, being, being um, uh, sucked in to the thing that you are looking at or dealing with the person that you're talking to. Uh, I have been entranced. Next, 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 next. 
in now this this one is pronounced entrance way, not entrance way. It's entrance way. One word noun from 1849. The synonym is entryway, which uh, I think that's going to be a couple up episodes from now. Uh, so I guess maybe they just used to say entrance way because the entrance is where you enter a place. But it's a little bit of a clunky word to say, entrance way. Why can't we just say entryway? Let's say that, entryway. Next is entrant. Now, it's spelled E-N-T-R-A-N-T. That's the section that we are in. Entrant is how you say it. It is a noun from 1635. One that enters. The person, the thing that is entering into another thing is the entrant. Especially one that enters a contest. So if you are entering a pie-eating contest, you want to see, you just, you're very hungry. You just want to eat all the pie. You don't care about competing. And the most favorite way for you is to eat pie with your face and not your hands or your feet. You will enter yourself into a contest to eat the pie very quickly, and you will be an entrant. An entrant, a contest entrant. Um, Or you could just walk into a room, and you will also be an entrant. And hopefully, there's a contest going on in that room that you didn't even know about. Entrap. This is a transitive verb from 1534. One. To catch in or as if in a trap. To catch in a trap or maybe you caught them in something like a trap. I don't know what that would be. Maybe it's a a verbal trap a something. Oh, no. Oh, no. I've been entrapped. Um, number two, to lure into a compromising statement or act. I convinced you to say the thing that you did not want to say and now... You have been entrapped, and the police are going to take you. Um, there is a, a synonym. It's the word catch. Yep, I just I caught you. I did I did a catching. We caught you into the trap. You have been entrapped. And uh, yeah, I mean it's n plus trap, which which is trap. But we also have now this next related word. Entrapment. Noun from 1597. Wasn't that that movie, Entrapment, with uh, those people? I think that's what it was called. 1A, the action or process of entrapping. Catching somebody in a trap. Aha, I got you. I did a good entrapment. 1B, the condition of being entrapped. So if you have been entrapped, you are in entrapment. You've, you've been, you've got all the entrapment all over you. Two, the action or luring an individual into committing a crime in order to prosecute the person for it. And I think I could have said that better. The action of, I think I said or, the action of luring an individual into committing a crime in order to prosecute the person for it, for the crime. And, uh, Think I know the names of the people who are in that movie Entrapment, but I want to, uh, I want to look it up 
Before I say something stupid, yes, Sean Connery and Catherine Zeta-Jones, a classic, classic entrapment movie. Okay, Um, because there's so many entrapment movies. Next we have... Entreat. Yes, Entreat. Trick, Entrick, or Entreat. This is a verb from the 14th century, starting with intransitive. Number one is obsolete. 1A, this synonym is negotiate. So I guess if they wanted to negotiate something with uh, the person who was holding people hostage, uh, they would use the word entreat for some reason. 1B, also obsolete. The synonym is intercede. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna get in the middle of this thing. I'm gonna intercede myself and uh, see if I can do something. Um, entreat. Yep. Not ways that I think of this word. Two. To make an earnest request, and the synonym is plead. Oh, plead, please, please, please. I I request you to please entrap me. Uh, so I'm I'm entreating. I guess that's how you could use that word entreat. Now, here is transitive one, to plead with, especially in order to persuade, and then also ask urgently. So if you're just very keen on asking, asking something, you're especially to, 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 yeah, you're trying to persuade somebody to do something, to change their mind about something, so that would be entreating. Definitely uh, not something that's part of my vocabulary. Although, I am constantly asking people to do things to persuade them, but I don't say entreat. I say, hey, yo, do this. As in, as in, we have an example. Entreated his boss for another chance. Oh, boss, I screwed up. Can you please, please, please give me another chance? I'm entreating you. Don't you know that that means I am asking you urgently? Number two, this is archaic, to deal with. And the synonym is treat. So if you gotta, you got, I gotta treat this, I gotta deal, I gotta stain. That's how we got treat, probably for stains on the carpet. I have to treat the stain, I have to deal with it. I have to entreat it, but it's archaic. A synonym is the word beg. I'm begging on my hands and knees, please, please let me stand up. Entreatingly is an adverb, and entreatment is a noun. This is from the Anglo-French entreter, which is from the N prefix plus traiter, which means to treat. And that's all it is. And then it became entreat. Entreaty. This is with a Y at the end. Noun from the 15th century. An act of entreating. And the synonym is plea. P-L-E-A. Please, please, please. Um, So, yeah, I guess if you are doing, if you are entreating, you are doing an entreaty. And, of course, we have the word treaty where, you know, groups, organizations, countries, whoever are coming together to make, to, I guess, plea with each other, to make an agreement, um, to to say, "Ah, it's, it's a peace treaty. A peace treaty. But entreaty it's different. 
but is it the same, but is it different? It seems more like asking, right? It's pleading, plea, I'm making a plea. Next is Antrisha. Antrisha, spelled E-N-T-R-E-C-H-A-T. Antrisha, noun from 1775. A leap in which a ballet dancer repeatedly crosses the legs and sometimes beats them together. I think I can see this in my head. They leap, and while they are in the air, because they get so much hang time, their legs go woo 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 woo. As you can see on the video, my fingers are my legs, uh, or maybe they go ba 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 ba. That's an entrechat. I don't know my ballet moves. I never studied the ballet, so I didn't know this. This is, this is good good to learn. Now, why is it called entrechat? We have etymology. It is a French word modified of the Italian word entrechata. I think that's probably how you would say it, entrechata. Um, before that word, though, there is a word in parentheses which says capriola. And I don't know if those two words go together, why that word, word is in there, but it's there. Uh, so entrechata means literally Intertwined caper. Oh, caper must be the capriola. So intertwined caper. Intertwined caper. Are your legs the caper? Are they being intertwined? When you go, wah, 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 wah. I don't know. I'm fascinated by this. Um, I might have to look up a little bit more information. Um, I don't know. I've been doing uh, the last couple of years... Uh, twice a year, I've been recording a video for this group in Chicago called the Chicago Ballet Center. It's uh, kids five through, I think it's five through 18, you know, kindergarten-ish through through high school. And they teach them mostly ballet, but there's also like modern and tap and stuff. And so I've been seeing uh, more ballet in the last couple of years than I ever have in my whole life. Now, they're not teaching me ballet. They're not teaching me the words and the phrases and all those things. But maybe I'll reach out to the, the director of the show who I'm in contact with and um, see if he knows any more background information of this word. Entrechat, what does <laughs> intertwined caper mean? Who knows? Who knows? Okay, uh, it's the end. We have reached the end. We got one more word. We have... How do you say this? Entrecote. Entrecote. Lots of French words in this E-N section. Um, it is spelled E-N-T-R-E-C-O-T-E. And the O you can spell with the little, little cat carrot hat icon uh, on the top. I don't remember what that's called, um, but you can spell it that way or not. Entrecote. Noun. From 1841. This is a steak cut from between the ribs. Now, I don't know where they usually cut steak from. I don't eat the steak. Um, but if it is cut from in between the ribs of the cow that wants to live, it is called an entrecote. And why? Uh, let's see. It is from French entrecote, which is from entre, which means inter. That's the prefix inter, inter. And then coat, 
which means rib. It literally is what it is, in between the ribs. Uh, and it's for also from the Latin costa, and there's more at the words inter, prefix, and the words and the word coast. Which I guess, could that mean rib? Interesting. Okay, those were all the words. Now I'm picking a word of the episode. Spencer's going to pick a word of the episode. We had interrinal, no, enterrinal, entourage, entract, entrails, entrain, entrain, entrance, entrance, entranceway, entrant, entrap, entrapment, entreat, entreaty, entrechat, and entrecote. Entrecote, yeah. I don't know. I mean, let's. Well, I have I have a personal connection to Entract because I played music for an Entract in some shows. Um, I don't have an entourage, that's for sure. I have the opposite of an entourage. I have to be my own entourage. Oh, Spencer, you're doing great. Oh, thanks. Um, let's see. In train entrance, in trance. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Let's see. I mean, man, man, maybe just on track. This podcast has no acts, so there is no on track in this podcast. Yeah. Fantastic. Wonderful. 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 Uh, my episodes are getting longer. I just have so many things to say. Uh, let's see. Let's talk about a couple movies. I am. I need to catch up. I am so behind. Um, we watched American Psycho. We actually watched. The musical American Psycho in Chicago, uh, sort of small independent thing, and it was good, and it was much closer to the movie than I even remembered because I hadn't seen the movie in a lot of years. So we re we we rewatched the movie, and uh, and it's you know it's not for everybody. It's it gets it's pretty brutal, but also funny and interesting and social commentary and stuff. Um, and then we rewatched Get Out which I think I only saw it once when it first came out and, of course, loved it. And then seeing it again, once you've seen it once, uh, it just reinvigorated my love for that movie and how genius it is. And, oh, yeah, it's such a good one. Get out. Damn you, Jordan Peele, for being uh, such a genius. Okay. That's it for this episode. Thank you very much for listening or possibly watching. And until next time, this is Spencer Dispensing. Information. Goodbye.